0: Welcome to Crossing Faith, where Christian and Muslim talk religion and politics. I'm Elliot Toman, and today I'm featuring an interview from the International Religious Freedom Summit with Leray Heine, who is the founder of a nonprofit called Jesus Christ CEOs. So, without further ado, here's the interview. Okay, tell me if I'm getting your name right. Leray Haynes? Leray Heine. Lee Ray... Well, I got it totally wrong. Lirae <laughs> Heine. Yes. Okay. And you are with uh, Jesus Christ CEOs. Mm-hmm. Is that Is that right? That's right. Um, and that's under uh, Oh, uh, remind me. Windows to heaven. Windows to heaven as yeah. our main ministry. And you've been doing this for 24 years now? 24 years. So uh, how did you come uh, how did you come into this? What's your what's your story?
1: So I had a, a business with my mom and dad and um, ran that business for 18 years. Won Entrepreneur Awards with Inc. Magazine, Marilyn Lynch, and Young. So the Lord blessed us in business. But my mom and dad consecrated the company to the Lord when, before they ever started. And so when I was running the company as a CEO, I wasn't living for the Lord. So I was running this company to build a company, really a kingdom unto myself. I was born and raised in Orange County, California. Newport Beach. I watched all these wealthy people. That was my game plan, right? Build a company, sell it, retire by the time I was 40. And, uh, but mom and dad had different plans and different ideas. And, uh, and so they would always pray, Lord, do whatever it takes to bring we into a personal relationship with you. And so, uh, they, the Lord answered their prayers. And, um, and little by little, he started dealing with my first loves. He showed me in year 15, um, Teresa and I have been married for 42 years, but in year 15, we couldn't have been further apart. Mm-hmm. Um, um, business was just soaking up everything. I was running and building this kingdom. And so the Lord starts putting his hand on that and stops all the growth, all the prosperity of that business and, um, and started dealing with me. And um, things got desperate. Marriage was falling apart, business was falling apart. And I turned to the Lord. Um, I had given Him my life, you know, as a young boy, probably seven years old. But I wasn't living for Him. And um, and so I came across the Scripture. Uh, my mom used to always uh, come into my office and yell at me, "You need to read her. I want my company run this way." And I said, "Well, I try. I don't understand it." She goes, "You need to try again." And um, so I um, I'm desperate. So I open up the Bible one morning and I come to John 14:26. And it says that the Holy Spirit will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance the things that I've said to you. And don't ask me how, but I understood scripture for the first time in my life. And I didn't know who the Holy Spirit was, but I understood this. That this, whoever this Holy Spirit was, they could teach me all things, which meant business, the Bible, and my marriage. So I got up every morning in and I pounded my Bible, And I said, you said, you said, you said, this Holy Spirit would teach me. I'm here, now have him teach me. And I did that for probably three plus years and started my morning like that. And the Lord answered my prayer and he started um, teaching me. And he started opening up the word and he started showing me what I call in business, old way, new way. So really the Lord revealed himself to me through business, not a church. Uh, and um, that's what I was good at. That's what I love. That's what were my passion. So he used it to speak to me. And I went through times where I call old way, new way. As the Bible calls it putting on the old man, uh, taking off the old man, putting on the new man. Um, but I didn't know that at the time. And I just knew the Lord was teaching me a new way. And he would show me something that I did in business, how I acted, a decision I made, and, uh, or how I was treating people. And he would show me things in the Word. He said, this is how I want you to yeah. do it. And so I started learning that way. I understood, okay, he would give me a vision. If I just yelled at, you know, one of my team members, we had 215 employees, and he didn't like the way I treated them, he would show me in his words the way I was supposed to treat them. Now I have to humble myself and go back and apologize and try to be different, right? And so he used the business to do that. And so um, in that process, my parents fired me, hired me back over an 18-month season. And then I had to learn to let the Holy Spirit lead the company in the last 18 months. And now I have grown, and I'm ready to be the seeking out to serve the Lord. And I think, okay, great, we're ready. Mom and Dad's ready to retire. I'm going to now, it, it, the business is all going to be mine. It'll be my kids, and we'll have this generational business. And that was not the Lord's plan. He brought it in. Once I got to that place where I thought I was really ready, he says, now I'm not going to use you with one company. I'm going to use you with thousands of world. He closes our company down and uh, in a, a radical way, the bank comes in and um, uh, gets a judgment to shut us down and take the company with our smallest line of craft that we had with the vineyard. The following month, I'm praying and um, and I think I'm going to start a new company because now I'm ready. And that's when the Lord showed me, now I'm going to use you with thousands of companies around the world. And Windows of Heaven and Spirk, he gave me a vision for Windows of Heaven and um, and probably in, um, I think it was the year um, 14, we started building things called the Jesus Christ Seal Institute. Uh, and then through the Jesus Christ Seal Institute, we equip other business owners online. Um, we have business owners in probably 50 plus nations uh, right now online being equipped on how do I live in covenant with Jesus as an authentic disciple to communion with the Holy Spirit phase two is then how do i operate this company consecrated to jesus through going with the Holy spirit where the lord can really reward reign that company we teach them and equip them that and then they consecrate their company to the lord and now that's where the real work begins right has how now how do i do this that was the easy part but now practicing that um, day in and day out through the pressures of business and so we're equipping business owners to do that so that's that's a quick little story of how I went for business, how I got into ministry and where we're at today. And um, you're sitting here today and um, really only our second or third time with the Jesus Christ TV. It was um, in 2020, in the year of COVID. The Lord says, now we're going to build a state of art facility that will rival anything in the world. Um, and I asked the Lord, I said, why? Why are we doing that? And he said, because the Holy Spirit said, because I want to have, I want to tell the world. What jesus is doing in business mm. and and then he showed me he said you know cbs is never going to send 60 minutes to your door and say hey we're going to give you a 10-minute segment every sunday so you can start telling the world what jesus is doing in business i go yeah well that's not going to ever happen and uh he goes now you understand why i need my own outlet so that jesus can have his own mouth telling people, his people in the world what he is doing in business mm-hmm. i am one of those products he revealed himself to me in business, and it had nothing to do with the business. Yeah, right. And uh, and and so we even started a program called It's Never About the Business, because my mom would walk through the factory with me, and we would look at stuff, and we were being challenged and tested and, and growing, and she would always shake her finger at me. And she goes, I told you, it's never about the business. So we started an episode called, this, uh, a series called It's Never About the Business, and we um, put the first 10 episodes out there with people and who other CEOs have learned, it's really never about the best when it comes to Jesus. He's doing something that's so far greater in our companies that surpass building the company. He just uses the company to do those things with us.
0: Wow. I, I want to ask about that. Another thing that I'm curious about, though, is uh, my, my initial thought, about um, Jesus Christ CEOs is that it was maybe a, kind of like a fellowship or a coaching mm-hmm. group or something like that. But this is a it's a nonprofit and not a business, and its uh, its model seems to be much deeper than that. Yeah. Could you walk me a little bit like through what the structure of it is? How how does it function?
1: Yeah. So I was I have to take you back um, when I had my business. I was also on the board of a large ministry. And we were trying to bring revival into the largest county of San Bernardino. So we were working with um, about 350, 400 churches in that area. And in year 10, the Lord brought an end to it. And as a business guy, I don't like to lose. I like to win. And I put things in place to win. And the Lord shut us down, and I was angry. Um, so I went to the Lord and said, you know, you just exercise these I was a business guy, but the board was, uh, there, all the rest of them were scholars and, and heads of, of large denominations and global churches. This was an all-star team. And the Lord just shut down this effort in year 10. And I was upset. And so Anna I said, why? You just exercised us for no reason. We were doing good work. And um, the Lord didn't answer my question for, until about year five afterwards. And the Bible talks about how he is reconciling ev- all things unto himself and building us up as a holy temple of the Lord, a dwelling place for God covenant spirit, Ephesians 2, 19, The Lord gave me a blueprint on that plan, on how he is doing that, and he gave it to me in a four-phase plan. And one morning he showed me, after he gave me this revelation, he showed me that we were doing, back then, we were trying to execute phase three of the plan without executing phase one and phase two. We had an assumption we were already working that way. So, I've brought that plan. So, our in-game in um, with Jesus Christ CEOs is just to participate with Holy Spirit, manifesting the Kingdom of God in the public squares of our business as it is in heaven. And we work this blueprint within our companies: phase one, phase two, phase three, phase four. So there, we've equipped them on this and how it's anchored in Scripture and why this is important and how they're supposed to participate. So that's the, we're removing Jesus Christ's seals, and we've had to teach them, first, who are you? What is your calling? And you thought this was a master's job. But no, it's your job. It's not a professional minister's. It's not a missionary's job. All of us are called to partner with Jesus in our respective spheres of influence, giftings, and abilities of where he's put us. And so for us in business, this is our sphere. So we teach them that, we show them that, we show how the, the company is the Lord's community. You have to just you can't just care about the company and the bottom line, you have to care about the Lord's community. Rise and arms arms and Lord. Who am I to be able to govern such a great people of yours? Well, when we consecrate these companies to the Lord, guess what, all of these people and all of the spheres of influence in our company just became the Lord's. I have a responsibility now with that. And so we teach them that. Uh, so we become, we also ordain um, these business owners. Uh, we have, a, you go to our website and see, we have a very long, what I call the road to ordination. We just don't ordain anybody. They have to have the company. They have to go through all this teaching. They have to go through observation that they're willing to, and show the community they're willing to live this way. And so we become really the church, the overseeing church of these business churches. And so from a, uh, from a financial standpoint, their corporations or companies tied to our ministry. And so that's the financial aspect of how we're able to travel and do the things that cost money. Mm-hmm. Um, but we are that spiritual whipping team that, that equips them to be what we call ministers of reconciliation or Jesus Christ CEOs at their companies. So it almost sounds... And correct me if I'm wrong. It almost sounds like you're guiding CEOs to become pastors of their companies. They have a, um, yeah. It, it, and it, I don't really use that term, but that is a good term for the average Christian to get. But what happens is, is I don't want the past. I don't want the CEO. I, I will use the term more, more priestly. They have they have a couple of roles. They have a role of being an authentic disciple, mm-hmm. because Paul says, "Follow my life as a pattern." So we want their life to be a pattern of an authentic disciple. They have a CEO role. That is a different function and they must function in that role. They also have a priestly role and they they have a responsibility to Jesus to care for the people that the Lord brings to his company. Mm -hmm. And then they have an overseer role. So those are the four subcategories that we look at in their role as a a CEO. What's the overseer role? The overseer role is like um, in um, Acts 13, or Acts in Acts Acts 13, is the ordination part. It's a little further in Acts where the Lord tells us, "What you, um, you need to uh, you need to take responsibility for the uh, as an overseer of the church that the Lord puts you over." Mm-hmm. And so the church, we think of church as as a building that we go to on Sunday, but the body of Christ is the church. Mm-hmm. It's not a building. And the church is um, called, the Greek word is ekklesia. yeah, and that's two or more who gather. So when we have a, co- a company, a community um, who are are focused on a particular objective and purpose, which is Christ and business, that's an ekklesia. Mm-hmm. It just but we think of an ekklesia as the place we go to on Sunday, yeah, yep. right. But we're two or more. Yeah, most Christian companies have one more, at least one more Christian with the CGL, at least just one. Mm-hmm. And, uh, or they have customers, or they have vendors, or they have um, subcontractors, bankers, attorneys, somebody within their sphere of influence is Christian. Yeah. Right? So that, whether they work directly or indirectly, that's a community, mm-hmm. that's an ecclesia. Yes. And we want,
0: and but they've never seen it like that. Mm-hmm. And we're in this international religious freedom context, and it occurs to me that you know, in this sort of like spiritual role that CEOs are adopting, under your guidance, they are accepting a certain spiritual authority or, or uh, responsibility. I should say, for people from all sorts of different faith backgrounds and all sorts of different places in their lives and stuff like that. That's not just people who identify
1: as Christians. No, no. And they, when they, when they, when they go through the equipping, they get what I call a greater revelation of Christ. And and until they do that. They will never, ever recognize that God sent them. He says, Jesus says that, I have sent you into this world as the Father sent me. Which means, we have the same responsibility He has, mm-hmm. and that He had. And um, and for us in business, that is supposed to get it worked out in business, but the average business person has never been taught that. They've never seen scripture opened up in that way. and so. When you have a greater revelation of Christ, you love Him, more. You're more faithful to Him. You're more obedient. You want to please Him, and you want to do everything that He has sent us and gifted us and called us to do. And that's what happens with Jesus Christ. They grow in a growing revelation, and they gladly accept the responsibility for their community. As a CEO, as a priest, as an overseer, They, they, they make no mistake, they still love growing. Companies and the Lord loves growing companies, but it's not about so much about money yeah. And, yeah. and assets. It's about community. Mm-hmm. And if you are faithful with ten employees or ten people in your sphere of influence, the Lord will give you twenty, and He'll give you a hundred. He'll give you a thousand. Typically, in a business, in order to have that many people, you have to have a size of an organization that can fund that. Mm-hmm. And um, so, if you are faithful with Jesus's community, yeah. watch your company. Sore.
0: yeah so do ceos come to your organization when they they reach a place where you know they've been moderately successful but they feel like there's more that they could be doing or should be doing especially in relation to their faith and they're looking for guidance in
1: that area there's two typical people that find us is one who went through i what i did and i was i was desperate and i was searching for God. guy i had success and then the garb humbled me yeah right and now they're they, they know they can't do it the same way they did it before. That's one way. The other way is is a mature Christian, mature business owner that doesn't need the business acumen. They're doing great. They understand business, their industry, and everything, but they haven't ever been taught how to submit that to God and let Holy Spirit truly, practically run that company through them. <laughs> and so those two type of people are typically the people that find us.
0: Yeah, and uh, you suggested that... There was something missing in your normal Sunday morning church experience right. that wasn't speaking to the, the role that you found yourself in the reality you found yourself in mm-hmm. as the leader of a company right and um, how 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 do you try to to fill that gap um, for CEOs uh, and uh, where do you feel that the, the disconnect is between standard like normal church and the real world that company leaders
1: are finding themselves in. So, I'll just tell you what my story is. Um, when the Lord was bringing me into church in the early days, the church I went to, I never talked about the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And, and I told you of the scripture that drew me in, the Holy Spirit would teach me all things. And First John, there's another verse that says, the anointing within you, the Holy Spirit will teach you all things you require of nobody. So, the church isn't teaching the church how to learn from Holy Spirit, right? They're wanting to be that avenue. They want The pastor goes out, spends 40 hours studying, comes in, gives a 30-minute message, hmm. and that person lets the pastor do that. They don't go seek any way on their own, right? And so that becomes the next piece is the Jesus Christ Human Institute, as far as I'm concerned, is a how-to kind of thing. Because I would listen in church on a Sunday, Elliot, and I was attentive. I was passionate. I wanted to know. My life needed to be turned around, and I was always I was hearing what I was told I needed to do, but nobody was telling me how to do it and in my environment, and what was practical in my environment. Right? I have 250 employees. Okay, I, I get it. I need to have faith for you know payroll this week, but it's it's 150 grand. Ah. Yeah, I got a meat field that's a quarter million dollars. Okay, I I didn't have faith, but how else do I participate with the Lord to you know make this you know four hundred grand come in every single week? Uh, I need some help here. Uh, I wasn't getting, and and uh, and so the Lord taught me, and He taught me how to have faith, He taught me how to participate with Him, and how to believe Him. Um, but it happened experientially through my business. So when we um, when we experience the Lord, see in our prayer closet, in our study closets, we'll have one level of revelation. But when you experience God, it says in Ephesians that the, uh, that the, the, uh, the experiences of a Sir, serve has the experiential knowledge of God. And so when we take this knowledge and we experience the very living presence of God in that situation, whatever it is, it brings a greater revelation than we ever got in our prayer closet. We can almost say, oh, okay, I get it now. I see it, Lord. Mm-hmm. So, um, but we need that experience, as it talks about in Ephesians, to really bring a greater level and a deeper level of revelation and faith and love and obedience to to our knowing of Him. Mm-hmm. And for us in business, that's where that happens. Yeah, and you, and you use the term,
0: Occlesia. Yeah. And... Um, Do you find that uh, Jesus Christ CEO's uh, augments kind of the normal Sunday Christian life experience, or is it really its own kind of
1: church? Um, We're still trying to get there. Um, They are still trying to figure out the balance, right? Um, Business is a very, very powerful demanding force and it is very easy for business to make you the tail and not the head Um, especially if you have a good sized business and and things so many things are responsible for you 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 get caught up in the day-to-day business Um, they're learning to trust the Lord they're learning to uh, rely on him they're learning to hear his wisdom and implement that wisdom and trust that The community where we're at today and and our groups and and across the country is transforming that community and equipping that community is our next piece. So we haven't—it doesn't look like a church. It looks like a business, and it should always look like a business, but the culture of the company should look like the kingdom. Mm -hmm.
0: Uh, Do you participate in normal Sunday morning church experience yourself, or do you find that you're— direct connection to the to holy spirit uh is a substitute for that or, or, or yeah, there's, that there's
1: no substitute to community yeah. yeah and you have to have community it's part of the lord's plan i mean the, the blueprint i you about is community mm-hmm. is that plan but for me i've become that pastor to all of these businesses mm-hmm. that's my church we have hundreds of churches business churches ecclesias mm-hmm. and my job is to equip the ceo their job isn't to Go become the theologian yeah my job is to equip them so that they can facilitate that and so that is becoming more and more our church that's what the media will do is create content for them uh, we will probably start moving into saturday night services live streams. so business owners will bring their teams together acts 242 fellowship breaking bread praying abiding in um, the apostles doctrine and um, equipping their team on how if i'm a purchasing agent yeah. how do i hear from god so i know what vendor to pick yeah right if i'm the you know production um, vice president how do i hear the voice of god so i know what person he told me to hire mm-hmm. for that job right we want our staff and we want our team having the same ability that this god has given us because he's promised it to every believer and now Jesus can be running more aspects of our businesses, especially the laundry that they get, where we, as CEOs, have much distance between those particular roles, right? If we have team members who can hear Holy Spirit and hear Jesus through Holy Spirit tell them the decision that he's made, man, I I couldn't ask for a better company. Fantastic.
0: Yeah. Um, I know that there is a sign-up form on uh, jcceo.org uh-huh. that people Dot can com. use. Dot com. Dot com. Excuse me. Yep. Um,
1: and, and people can JCCO use that to get on the page. S, it With the S. Yep. There we go. And you also and, have a book on Amazon, right? Um, I have several books on Amazon. Right? Oh, really? Um, so, yeah. So, we... My... Um, Restoring the Premise of Jesus Christ in Business, Colossians 1:15 through 18. Uh, those are our uh, manuals that we use in the Institute. And then I just wrote um, Living in Communion, Leading the Church into Communion with God, Holy Spirit. That is for the CEOs that dedicated it actually to wives of Jesus Christ, was because marriages, we haven't talked about that. These business owners, whether men or women, that have made covenants with the Lord, their marriages have significantly improved. Hmm. And because now they're living as authentic disciples. And, um, and so I dedicated it to spouses because for years people would say, did you have a spouse program? So I dedicated the book to spouses, but it was actually written so that the CEO would have something to give to their Christian team members on how they're living. Yeah. And um, so Living in Communion is really for the CEO, that first tool for the CEO to start equipping um, their team members. And sounds like there's a little bit of, it,
0: or not more than a little bit of accountability within the organization to, to try to make sure that well, you use this term authentic disciples. Yes, that the CEOs are being authentic disciples. Of Amen. Place.
1: And intentional about this blueprint. Yeah. Right. Don't 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 make your covenants. Don't consecrate and don't and just go back to your way you used to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, we're here for a purpose. We're very intentional partnering with the local, what he's already doing. And he was wanting to reconcile all things, and that is the public spurs of business, and he wants his companies to be used in those matters. Well,
0: I can see that this is keeping you very busy, Larry. I really appreciate that you took a few minutes to tell me about
1: your organization. I thank you for the privilege.
0: Hi, it's Elliot again. Just a quick personal note about this conversation. I was very intrigued to learn more about uh, Heine's endeavor because I found d- during my time in the evangelical church that I really began to wonder whether the institutional structure of the churches that I was engaging with were the best way to go about practicing the faith. and. I think that a lot of evangelicals have had a similar experience where once they spend a certain amount of time sort of in the ecumenical structure of the church, the power hierarchy, the maintenance of infrastructure, the constant obsession with uh, with funds and with resources, uh, we we see a disconnect between the core, simple message of Jesus Christ and the increasingly elaborate infrastructures that apparently need to be involved in spreading his message. I think that the project that Lee Ray is undertaking here is worth investigating on its own merits as a very interesting reaction to that. because. And the questions I was asking kind of move in this direction. It really seemed to me like he is trying to create something along the lines of, of an, a reinterpretation of the church structure it, itself, an alternative kind of church. And he's describing a church in which he is acting as a, in a pastoral role to a flock that consists of business leaders. And while Jesus Christ CEOs itself is a non-profit that is under the umbrella of another non-profit, the structure of the church is built out of these companies that are then tithing their uh, profits to the church. And uh, I just found this to be a really intriguing model the more I kind of dug into it and figured out what he seems to be trying to do. And I would love to have more conversations with Lee Ray and with especially uh, people who have been part of this endeavor to learn what their experiences and impressions are and to further explore this topic of what is something of an evangelical diaspora, people who have taken part in the evangelical church and have found it to be uh, somehow uh, shallow and are exploring alternative structures and concepts in order to express the faith that they hold so dear. And
1: uh, with that, thanks for listening, and uh, see you next time.